Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of the Movie Multiverse Podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Chartier, joined as always by my co-host, Stephen Verville. How are you today, Stephen? I'm doing fine, man. I've, you know, less internet than usual this weekend because of problems that we've been dealing with on Twitter. And, you know, I, I feel like a new person. Yeah. How about e- you? <laughs> yeah, Elon wants everyone to go out and touch grass. He, Pretty he, sure he tweeted that. He talked about something about family. I don't know if he's in the next Fast and the Furious yeah. movie or something. But <laughs> Yeah, no. Is he, is he best friends with Vin Diesel? Is that his audition? Or... Uh, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, whatever. It's probably doing some good to go out anyways. It's a long oh, weekend. I, I was about to start reading the second Witcher book or uh, second in the story. Uh, so, I, you know, I was thinking it was a good time to do that. So, you know. Okay, nice. Doing, doing me a favor. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so I guess as a heads up, uh, for The Witcher, um, Stephen and I both haven't started it yet, so um, we are hoping to have a review for part uh, one of season three of The Witcher uh, next week for you guys. So, yeah, um, it's only five episodes. They're about fifty minutes each. I- I'm I'm gonna start one today. I think at some point during the day. I think I might watch one a day, kind of until then. You know what I mean? Or yeah, and that that should be easy enough to get through the week, unless it's incredible, and I, I might just watch them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they end up just watching them all in one night. The, you know what's my problem is though with the way they did this is I know for a fact at the end of episode five it's going to be like a big cliffhanger and I'm just going to be like I can't wait a month. Like, yeah, I, so you're trying to delay it. it a little bit so that it's not as long of a wait. Yeah, it's almost like I'm like not I'm like retroactively like waiting no, not because I want to but just because I like, haven't been able to watch it but like secretly it's actually helping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no spoilers yet, so I'm in the clear on that one. That's fair too, and uh, Twitter breaking down has helped me with my avoiding spoilers. No, so. no, no kidding. Yeah, I didn't even thought of that. <laughs> um, have you been watching uh, Dead City? I have. I've watched the first two episodes. Uh, the third episode's airing tonight. I don't have AMC Plus, I believe, so I have to okay. watch them on AMC TV. So yeah, uh, so far, uh, I'm liking it. You know, I, I, I was mostly curious on your opinion because there's. There's a little bit of confusion for me coming into the first episode. Like there okay. was a lot of stuff that they did not explain at all. Like how long no. has it been? Where are they before? Like how close are they to the old location? Because I think Alexandria is in Washington. And at the beginning of the first episode, they're near New York. Like it's I don't in, know. Yeah, it's in Virginia or something like that, which is very close to what is Washington in Virginia? I, I forget. I, I actually have no idea. That's why um, I'm oof. Yeah, but it's you're right. It is around that area because I think I think if I'm not mistaken, the kingdom was closer to like Washington D.C. than yes. Alexandria itself. Um, but like I mean, fuck it, it's a, it's an apocalyptic world. It doesn't really matter. No, I know. It's just confused <laughs> because like at one point Negan in the first episode was like, "Oh, uh, this isn't the way to Hilltop." I'm like, in my head, I thought Hilltop was like hours and hours and hours and hours away from there. Like you know what I mean? Like it took them two weeks. To get from Atlanta to Alexandria, so but they were also walking, so maybe that probably is why. But yeah, I don't um, know, like just a few little bit of confusion on the first episode. No, I I would agree, um, because we like we start right off the bat with, uh, and I guess spoilers for Dead City if you haven't seen it, um, but uh, we start right off the bat with Maggie like in New York City, and then it it kind of like she's sitting at a bar, and it's like the world is like way different, right? And yeah, um, it's it's not really explained off the bat that there's like a five to six year time jump, and I think that that point kind of goes through when we see uh Herschel, uh, obviously a grown up Herschel, uh, towards the end if i'm not mistaken of the first episode yes um but uh but yeah like we, we don't really 
get much of that explained uh, where Negan's wife and his kid is either. Like, we don't know what happened there. Well, he, he um, like decided not to answer her when she asked. She's like, yeah. oh, what happened to, I forgot the woman's name. Anyway, to his wife and his child. And he just changed the subject or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of hope that gets explained there at some point. It would definitely. Uh, I'm no, sure it will. So is this confirmed it's been five years? Because I saw this on Twitter uh, a couple days ago, and I was like, five years? Yeah, it's been it's five honest. to six years. It's been it five to been six years. Since season 11, correct? Since, yes, yeah, since we've last seen them. That's why. I, in my, I literally looked at, I, like, I watched this with my brother and my mom, and I looked at them, and I was like, this version of Herschel looks way too old. Like, what's yeah. going on? So I guess that makes sense, because Maggie doesn't look a day older. Negan doesn't really look a day older. <laughs> no, Maggie, so, Maggie still looks great. And, ageless. Uh, Negan, yeah. He's a little grayer, well. but he also has more facial hair. That's about it. Yeah. So it's like, mm. but yeah, no, the first two episodes, uh, I've really enjoyed them. Yeah. They're, uh, I, they don't feel like the regular Walking Dead. They, they do feel like a whole new show, which is a, a cool kind of concept they've been doing. I actually think this, it's almost scarier. Like there, yeah. there's more of a creepy vibe to it. Like in the first episode when all the walkers were like falling out of the buildings and, you know, yeah. they were hiding behind the garbage and they were getting covered in roaches. I was like, this is like really like, this is nasty shit. Yeah, and the Croat is just a nasty son of a bitch. <laughs> My God, like I have, like I haven't watched episode three. I, I think you probably have, and you might have seen more of him. Uh, but like right off the bat, I was like, this is gonna be like one of those villains that you're probably gonna be like, yeah, this guy was like meant for this world. Yep. So like two episodes in, and like listen, they haven't been very successful with their spinoffs, but this is by far their best spinoff. Uh, the bar was very low, but uh, I I yeah. quite enjoyed this one. So uh, I hope it keeps it up for the rest of the. Uh... Uh, is there gonna be sixteen? No, there's six. Only six overall, so we're only, we're already halfway after today. Yes, exactly. Oh, I thought there was sixteen in my head. That's why I was like, wow, no. I, so they're switching. They're switching over to the six episode model. Um. Okay. Yeah. That's you know that that's fine like uh, in my head like I, for the last couple of days i was like thinking i was like how are they gonna do 16 of this like they're really <laughs> gonna drag so i'm assuming things are gonna start progressing pretty quickly then which is actually kind of exciting it's it's probably gonna enhance that quality you were talking about since this is pro- like you said i agree the best walking dead spinoff so far it feels yeah. it kind of feels like a, like a like you know how like the walking dead for some episodes has like those off shooting arcs for like five episodes, it kind of yeah. feels like it's part of the regular show, but has an offshooting arc. Yeah, and it could could be structured that way. It just it doesn't feel like the exact same show though, which is why it's actually kind of doing well for me because there's like a uniqueness to it, and I, I I'm loving it so far, and I'm sure we'll review the whole season once it's finished. Yeah, it, for sure, weeks, three weeks, whatever. So you know, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm loving it. Absolutely. Now, shall we jump into the news? There's. Uh... It's kind of a quiet period right now for it really uh, for any news for TV and uh, movies, but uh, uh, let's uh, let's get to. There's a couple big ones towards the end, so yeah, let's, let's get to it. Um, so uh, morning show, uh, season three. I guess they finally put their uh, premiere date out there. It's going to be September thirteenth on Apple TV Plus. Um, you, as you mentioned, you don't have Apple TV Plus, but I'll be watching the show at some point whenever I have time. <laughs> and uh, I'll probably have a review uh, at some point. Uh, on That's podcast, good. You watched so. the first two seasons, I would assume. Yes, yes. So perfect. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been all right. The show, like I, I don't, I wouldn't categorize it as like one of the greatest shows of all time or whatever. But it's yeah. it's, it's entertaining and it's uh, it's it's kept my attention thus far. So let's hope it continues to do that. Good. Um, the SAG uh, Actors Guild. Um, 
which uh, I just realized AG might stand for Actors Guild. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just I just did the whole uh, the whole across the Spider Verse joke thing. Um, but Chai T T T. So they they extended their contracts to July twelfth. They were set to expire. I think it was it was either the fourth or the first of July. I, I can't exactly remember, but uh, they extended it uh, to go past the holiday and to continue uh, negotiating with the studios uh, up until July twelfth. So I don't know the uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, a bunch of like big time actors signed a letter, you know, to their um to their union saying like don't don't make any concessions. Like we want these big these big things we're asking for so uh let's hope uh, they can resolve it because uh with the writer strike going and uh if the actors go on strike uh on top of that well could be uh, yes, uh, a little bit disastrous pop culture might legit be on hiatus similar to covid era uh yeah. because of this and you know that would be just absolutely like a blunder on the parts of you know those higher ups that are causing the issues here so like hopefully you know things go well for these actors writers whatever they deserve it they're they're the heart and soul of these pop culture products so you know let's yeah. let's get this done <laughs> yeah they're the reasons we can enjoy you know what we enjoy in terms of movies and tv shows and the reason we have this podcast in the first place exactly so you know what we're rooting for them absolutely uh next captain america brave new world has wrapped filming so that's exciting that is, uh, I guess their filming and such was not affected as much because of the strikes, just because I'm assuming they were already pretty close, not close, but you know, they were already deep into it, I suppose. When it became... Yeah, I think they were about halfway through filming when um, the writer's strike happened because they started in like uh, in March. Yeah, so like it fortunately seems like it hasn't really affected them all too much. And uh I would assume they're on schedule to release on that new release date that they gave us a week or two ago. Yeah, so August of 2024. I would assume they'd be able to make that. And, so basically uh, a year from now. Yeah, and they'll they'll probably do reshoots and hopefully. Of course. <laughs> I'm going to assume the writer's strike is going to be over by the time they do those reshoots. So if they need to like rewrite some sections or whatever, I'm sure they'd be able to do that if need be. Um, And I think the only Marvel pro- production filming right now is Deadpool 3, so... And I heard that one's actually almost done as well, which is... Yeah, I, I don't believe that. No, that's what I mean. That's why I was like, <laughs> it's almost like scary how quick that would be. So yeah. I don't believe that either. And there's not been any official confirmation. So yeah, that's probably just a, a he said, she said uh, type of situation. Yeah. So like, what's weird about that, Stephen, is like the source was like Variety. And I, I kept, I read the Variety article like five times. And I was like, I, I don't see where in this article it says it's almost close. It's almost done filming. Like, I, I could not find the, the location in the article where it said that. And so, Which is like, wild, right? I was so confused because quite a few outlets had, like, said, oh, you know, they've said it's almost done filming. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like dude, like, they started in, like, May. What are you talking about? I have memorized that article and there's nothing in there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, that's like what happens, right? When rumors start to spread. So I think it's almost like an impossibility, right? That they're almost done. So for me, it's I'm looking more at it like maybe it's, a, you know, a miscommunication amongst sources, something along those lines. But, you know, that one, I, I actually don't. Yeah. And there was also rumors like, I don't know how much, I don't want to go into too much spoilers. There was like a plot leak recently that happened. I'm not sure if you saw that on Twitter. I actually haven't, luckily. Uh, is okay. that a plot leak? Is yes. it like big, big time, big time? 
yeah, it's 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 pretty it's something. So um, if, it's, if it's real, you've seen it, correct? If it's real, I've seen it. Yes. And that means it ruined the movie for you? I don't think it does. Okay, it, so it's not that major then. Okay, good. Well, it is, but it's it's like you know, it would have been cool to find out in the theater. Oh, <laughs> if you well, know what I mean. I'm um, going to try and keep that away from my ears then. Yeah, because, no, you know. fair enough. Um, but so like, essentially, we know there's going to be like multiverse shenanigans in this. Well, right? we do. Yes. And I think one of More the rumors movie. was that, um, and this isn't like a spoilery, because like we know no, like, we, some yeah. of the X-Men are going to be in it and all that stuff. Yes. And um, if the rumors they're going to be using essentially some old footage from some of those movies. Mm. So maybe that's, that's cool. why, like, it's kind of closer to filming the wrapping than we we think. That's what I was trying to get to. One hundred percent. Yeah. So that like possible. that could help it, right? Because if they are close to being done filming, there is a reason, and it, it's got to be some sort of trick, like like a like a cinematography trick to make it work that way. Exactly. But, you know, we'll see. Um, look at that one. I'm really looking forward to. So I'm hoping for the best in that one's development. For sure. Same here. Same here. Um. Next, uh, Dune Part 2 released a second trailer. So I know you haven't seen this one, so I'll just give my quick thoughts on it. Um, I think it, it like, cinematography, just as the first film was, looked incredible. I think this just looks outstanding. Um, and Denis Villeneuve and crew have just outdone themselves. Um, he's become, like, kind of next to Nolan, like, one of the best, like, movie makers and movie directors i would say in hollywood um like just everything he does is like incredible he did the the i'm not sure if you're a blade runner fan not quite though okay so he did the reboot uh 2049 or whatever which uh, i've heard nothing but great things about uh he did another movie called arrival um i'm not sure if you've seen that one with uh, uh amy adams and uh jeremy runner I have not. These are all movies that I've heard. I've heard good things about. Through I, th- I think that movie, like that movie's in my top ten all time. Like it's, really? yeah, wow. it's it's unreal. Like to me, it's it's and it's a sci-fi film about like aliens coming to Earth and, uh, yeah. So like I'm like blown away by that. But anyways, like I'm just so excited for this film. Um, we got some a first look at uh, Christopher Walken, uh, who's in this movie. Um, nice. Uh, some other looks at uh, Austin Butler, uh, Dave Bautista, Paul Atreides and Chani played by Zendaya and uh, Timothy Chalamet, obviously. And then uh, the cast is stellar. Like I can I can stay up here for 10 minutes and just <laughs> say everyone in this cast and it, you'd be blown away after. After each name, I say so. Well, yeah, like they did not spare any expense on their casting Um, is I've not seen the first one, and you could spoil this for me if you want. Is Oscar Isaac going to be in the second one? I believe so. So I'm assuming he dies in the first movie. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, I've never seen it. And I don't even know who he plays. I just was curious because yeah. I really he's uh, Paul Atreides' dad. Um, so he's uh, Paul Atreides is the main character. Um, okay. Who's like the messiah? We could say of uh, he's like the the new leader essentially. I um, see. Um, so he's uh, he's his dad. Yeah. 
Okay. Unfortunately, people <laughs> met his end in the first film. <laughs> yeah, spoilers for anybody who's never seen the first Dune, but you know what? Like, that's an old movie, so I'm not really concerned with giving out spoilers. Like, I'm sure. I, I actually sure. honestly genuinely think I've seen that spoiler before, which is why I brought it up. I, I okay. was fairly certain he died, but I, I wanted confirmation. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this second mood, the second part's going to have, it uh, looks like there'll be a lot more action and, uh, like, there's going to be a love story between. Uh, uh, Paul Atreides and Chani, uh, Timothy Chalamet and and uh, Zendaya's characters. So, um, excited to see where that goes, and uh, I'm uh, obviously very excited for this film, and I can't wait to go see it in theaters when it comes out in early November, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, I'm kind of hoping they change that to like late October because there's kind of an opening there for movies. Yeah, um, and of course, gonna be big for movies this year. So, yeah, yeah, with the, obviously the Marvels coming out, I think the second weekend of November. Um, yeah, which which would mean Dune would lose a lot of uh, like uh, Black big Black, yeah. IMAX theaters and stuff like that immediately, right? So, one hundred percent. And then the, obviously the uh, Hunger Games prequel comes out later in November. So, yeah, big month good. for movies, just like June. Exactly. Um, okay, and this last one, uh, we have our new Clark Kent and Lois Lane in James Gunn's Superman Legacy. Uh, so David Cornsweet and Rachel. Brosnahan has been ca- have been cast. Uh, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on that? I don't know either of these actors, if I'm okay. being honest. But I have seen photos of them and just like edits. I've seen so many edits of uh, David as Superman. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he looks like Superman. I, I, David looks almost exact to like Henry Cavill. <laughs> I know and that's causing some ruckus amongst Henry Cavill fans, which it's I'm, ridiculous. I am a Henry Cavill fan, but I'm not going to you know curse out anybody for you know being like oh well we need a new superman or whatever he looks just like him to be honest he could like they could be brothers so it's like (laughs) but you know what i think this guy kind of has that like soft you know soft face and softness that superman has where it's like almost like you know like you trust him you know like there's something about superman that it's like it's just he's such such the he is the symbol of hope as basically you know it's kind of cliche to say that because that's the the point of the the s but you know i think this guy looks like he's gonna nail that and one thing that i know a lot of people are happy about is they the height difference between these two actors it's is like, like significant it's yeah i think he's like six three and she's like five four so yeah, people yeah. are like oof this is gonna look really nice on screen because superman is supposed to be quite large so it, it'll probably look cool i don't know do you know these actors uh from any projects uh david i'm not very familiar like i, I looked at his, what he's done um in his career and i really didn't recognize any of those uh films uh but Rachel played the lead in uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, nice! So I I absolutely love her in that show. Um, and what what is what does Lois Lane do as a career? A reporter slash like she works at the the Daily Planet. I think she's a reporter. Okay, well, f- fuck! Brilliant casting then. Yeah, like the the way. <laughs> The way Rachel portrayed uh, Midge Maisel on screen and like her banter, her ability to like read and read like scripts and, you know, yeah, I see it. (laughs) I see it. I don't know. I don't know. I just I see it, man. Like that's that's like brilliant casting there. Um, Wow. I guess uh, I didn't think James would cast the wrong people. You know, it's just, I think going into like our like eighth live action Superman at this point, it's yeah. it's always going to be stressful what they do. Like when they, when once they cast Lex, 
uh, that's also going to be very big for the internet. Um, yeah. I'm assuming it'll be pretty hard to cast somebody worse than Jesse Eisenberg. Not because Jesse Eisenberg's <laughs> a bad actor, but because he is not Lex Luthor in the slightest. So okay. it was more like the Riddler and the Joker. So it's yeah, like, you know, they're, I, uh, they're looking at the two Skarsgård's brothers, two of the Skarsgård's Yeah, brothers. I did see that. And I think Nicholas Holt is also still yeah. in, in discussions. Yeah, which, it might be in the mix. I don't mind him as that. I, I don't mind any of those that we're talking about right now. I think, you know, given proper characterization i i think they could nail it so you know i'm not gonna you know give any trouble to this so far like i'm not i'm not that type of henry cavill fan uh i'm, I'm gonna give it a chance I, I like my superman you know enough so you know i'm looking forward to it yeah i've literally never seen a superman movie so this one might be the first i go see you've never seen man of steel no oh my god okay <laughs> <laughs> No, I've literally never seen any of them. And Man um, of Steel is like a ama- Man of Steel is the best DCEU movie. So I think like, the Batman was actually the first Batman movie I'd seen. Oh my god, you, you haven't seen the Dark Knight? I I I have in pieces, but oh not like start to finish. Oh my god, I'm, I'm not about, a fan I'm of like. To pass out. Yeah, I'm not a fan of like dark films like that. I don't know. I, I feel you. Like it's not for everybody, and though that is one of those trilogies, the Batman, uh, Dark Knight trilogy. Sorry, is one of those trilogies where it's like. If somebody was like, it's overrated, I wouldn't even argue with them because it's just, it's been blown up so much online that it's like, it's almost, it almost is overrated despite the fact that like the Dark Knight is a near perfect film. It's just, there's just so much people who just can't look past it. You know what I mean? It's just that that's the peak and nothing else is ever going to touch it. Nothing's ever going to touch Heath as Joker. Nothing's ever going to touch the movie's direction. Oh, that's totally fair though. Like That is, those are fair justifications, but the problem is, is it's like, it's causing people to like not be able to move past it. Like people are stuck in 2008. Yeah. And a lot of people can't see Batman as anything else. No. Then, I... then that take on it. Right. Um, I... Which, which they should get used to it because I'm pretty sure the brave and the bold is not going to be the same type of Batman as Robert Pattinson's Batman or um, I forgot his name. Uh, Christian Bale. Yes. Or... yes. We've had, we've had four Batman in the past 15 years. I know. Like that's a problem. It's but... crazy. It is what it is. And then I don't think any of them are inherently bad. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But no, they're different uh, and they're allowed to be different because I there's, would recommend... there's different takes on a character. And... 100%. It's there, you know how many different Batman are, there are in the comics? Even just Bruce Wayne versions. Like, it's Bruce ridiculous. Tom so, Wayne. Like, yeah, you got Thomas Wayne. You can get, you got the Terry McGinnis Batman Beyond. You got all kinds. You got when Nightwing became Batman. Like, there was so many of them. And it's like, well, they're all good in their own way. Everybody has their fans. I'm not going to judge anybody who likes any more than the other, but no, the whole point of this was me to say, you need to watch man of steel and you need to watch the dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> okay. Maybe someday, maybe you someday. Should. <laughs> um, I just need to find time, man. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, I did, feel that. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to uh, bring up? Um, any news that you saw that you maybe that maybe I didn't uh, bring up here? Uh, nothing off the top of my head. Like you said, it's such a dead period. Like I'm not. And the thing is, I'm getting to the point where it's like some news I'm seeing is like, do I believe that? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's coming like, from it's rumors at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, Kathleen Kennedy said this or whatever about Star Wars, and it's like, where was this said? Like, there's only one Twitter page on the entire world talking about this. Like, where did she say this? So that's why, <laughs> like, some things I'm seeing, I'm just like, oh well, if that's true, cool. If it's not, well, I, I didn't really believe it to begin with. So yeah. you know. That's Fair my issue. Right I, I, it's hard to find authentic new, like news that's worth talking about. Yeah, no. Kathleen Kennedy's been fired for the 
20 millionth time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's been replaced with Kevin Feige. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until, until the Hollywood reporter actually reports that, you know, I'm I'm just gonna continue to not yes. believe it. 100%. <laughs> um, okay, so now I'll get into a quick review for Blackberry. I didn't actually write anything, so I'm just gonna give some general thoughts. Oh um, yeah. I watched this movie last night. Um, it's absolutely one of my favorite movies of this year so far. Like wow. absolutely brilliant. Was- yeah. Um and a lot of people were like kind of comparing it to the social network. And I would totally agree. Like just the way of how intense it is. And you kind of get a behind the scenes look at how um, Blackberry became what it became and then collapsed. <laughs> because uh, if you remember, if you were at any, you know, sensible age, like let's say like we were like in our teens. I think when when this uh, company kind of came up and all that, and it was kind of, we kind of saw its fall at the end. But like, essentially, this was like the start of cell phones, right, in uh, the world. Um, And uh, the beginning of like emailing and work phones. uh, Yeah, and um, uh, it was like the the beginning of also like the computer in your pocket kind of. Exactly, exactly. And like from what I recall from Blackberries was every fucking business had them. And it was like it was that was their work phone. And so (laughs) it was kind of cool to get this behind the scenes look into uh, how I guess they became so popular. Um, Essentially what happened, I guess, in a way was. Um, they kind of started, they did their, their, they were doing their thing. Um, they had like some businesses had blackberries, um, and then someone threatened to do a hostile takeover of blackberry. And so they immediately went into like, okay, we need to fucking skyrocket our Scott or, uh, our stock so that, you know, we don't get taken over. Because their stock at that time was only like four dollars and thirty cents or something like that, um, and so what they started to do was they started to sell like way more phones than their servers could take. And then when their servers kind of fucking blew up, then they went and poached like engineers from Google and fucking all the high tech places all over the states um, to be able to figure out how to <laughs> how to uh, like you know get more uh, capacity on their servers and stuff like that and how to improve their network. Um, And so the way they were able to poach them was by committing uh, not tax. uh, It was some sort of fraud, um, stock fraud or something like that. Um, Like they were offering stock options that were just not like, like they just couldn't do that (laughs) to, to those engineers that kind of, they poached. Um, So Essentially, they got into like a bunch of legal trouble and shit like that. Um, and um, essentially trying to keep up with it, their, their fall kind of began when the iPhone rose. Right. So um, essentially, as the iPhone was coming out, they kind of tried to keep up with that. And I think if you remember correctly, I think they they had come out with like a full screen Blackberry at some point. Um, yeah. In the early 2010s or something like that. But I, think uh, I had one. Uh, yeah. I forgot. What, I forgot what it was called, but I, I, I fairly certain that was my last phone before I got an iPhone. Yeah. So they, uh, it's essentially the the rise and the fall of BlackBerry. Um. Anyways, it's just it's just so intense, and the the two lead actors, like Glenn Howerton and uh, Jay Burchell. Um. This is a Canadian movie, obviously a Canadian story because BlackBerry was a Canadian company. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the famous lines I think in this movie is the guy's like, "I'm from fucking Waterloo." This <laughs> <laughs> is brilliant. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, just outstanding, intense movie um, that just keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Um, and like, listen, the Social Network, like. I've talked about a couple of my top 10 movies this year, this episode. Um, but uh, like the social network, I think is in my top 10 as well. Like, and I totally understand this comparable because this movie was just absolutely outstanding. And it's already in my top five this year. So, wow. Nice. High praise for sure. Uh, does it end with uh, Apple buying them, <laughs> buying the company? Is that what actually happened? I'm fairly certain Apple bought BlackBerry and kind okay. of fuse that in with their iphone business okay, and okay yeah no that that's not it doesn't really end with that it ends with uh the collapse of of uh, oh, blackberry. blackberry yeah that's so fair. it's it's kind of like it, it ends with uh, one of their mistakes with they which they ended up having to like call back like 500 million phones or something like that oh my god yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting I they, know that. yeah they decided to uh they decided to manufacture out of china for the first time because of one of their deadlines. Um, they gave like an unrealistic deadline to uh, people on their board. Um, and then, you know, they were like steadfast on like, we are not producing anything out of China. And then the guy like changed his mind and said, I don't have a choice. I have to go to China with this. And then when they received them, they were like all faulty. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad business. Yeah, literally. Um, so it's something like I forget if it was like 500 million phones or if it was like they had to pay like a 500 million dollar fine or something like that. Or uh, it was something like that. Anyways, it was on the it was on the text crawl at the end there when they, you know, at, at the end of these biopic movies, they typically like, yeah, a couple like words to say. Next. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I love these types of movies, as you know, and uh, I was just fucking thrilled the whole time while watching this. Uh, really wish I could have seen this in theaters, but uh, it didn't play in our uh, local movie theater. So uh, had yeah. to wait till now to watch it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it, at least. You know, th th these are the types of movies that I, I yeah, you've mentioned you love. Like, because I remember we talked about Air and you really liked that one. So not surprised. Yeah, totally. And I think I think this movie was probably better than Air, uh, which says a lot because I really liked Air. Um, so yeah, that's high praise for sure. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you wanted to ask or talk about, uh, Stephen? No, I, uh, I I'm looking forward to getting into our Secret Invasion episode two review. Yes, absolutely. All right. So we'll take a quick break, and then when we return, as Stephen said, we will have our Secret Invasion episode two review. And we are back with our review for Secret Invasion Episode 2. Uh, before we get going, spoiler warning for Episode 2 and 1, I guess, of Secret Invasion. If I mean, if you haven't seen Episode 1, I don't know what you're doing here. But um, <laughs> uh, Quick synopsis for the episode. Um, Nick Fury learns. I think I screwed up there. I think it's Nick. I think it's Fury grapples with past and present. <laughs> I think I, I put learns in there. That was like last week's <laughs> last week's synopsis. It's a fusion. It's a fusion of both episode one and episode two. <laughs> no, it's uh, that yeah, that pretty much says all. He does grapple with past and present in this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. So um this episode kind of starts with a bit of a flashback sequence. Uh we see uh scenes from uh Captain Marvel, obviously set in 1995. 
Um, and then we see them going off with Captain Marvel to look for a home planet. Um, and we get a quick a jump to 1997 um, where we see them come back. Um, they've essentially searched for a new home world for two years without any luck. Um, and we get into a, a room in London somewhere. Um, and Fury makes his promise to the uh, scrolls that uh, he'll find them a new home. Um, uh, we also get the introduction of uh, Gravik. Um, I guess they're w- when Fury and Gravik met um, at this point. So he was a refugee or something um, yep. on one of the other planets um, that these scrolls kind of were hiding on um, and escaped by himself with a like uh, with a fighter jet or something like that. Uh, very Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, and it's uh, they basically kind of uh insinuate that he escaped as his parents died i believe is kind of what they were going for there yeah so he's, he's kind of completely by himself at this point um and i think immediately you kind of tell like fury kind of wants to have him on his side to kind of use him in a way um which is kind of unfortunate that yeah. he jumps straight to that but uh, anyways um next scene we cut back to the present um and we see the immediate aftermath of uh the bombs going off in the moscow square um fury and talos are on a train um and they have a pretty good conversation there um where uh, talos kind of reveals that all the uh, quote-unquote good scrolls um over a million of them are here on earth um and fury kind of loses his shit I don't blame him. It was actually like it was actually like one of those like those plot twist almost sequences yeah. where I was, I, even I was like, oh my god, like like a million of them. And it's like since they're so well disguised amongst people, like that causes a lot of uh, domino effects in the MCU. So I, this this scene was great. I I was actually like really like my intensity level went up. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And uh, it's it's really unclear at this point when they all came over. I think. And it's possible that they've just periodically come over since 1997. But I kind of have a feeling that maybe, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but do you think maybe like when Nick disappeared, when like when he got blipped, Talos kind of brought the rest of them over or something like that? That would make the most sense because at that point, there would have been less of a of a guard on, yeah. on the planet. So like that that is probably what is going to be the most easily explained thing is for this. Uh and I actually think that's a really good theory. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, uh next scene over we get uh Maria Hill. I guess it's not really her funeral, but it's like her casket coming coming back to the United States. Um and we get an emotional scene between Fury and her mom. I kind of felt weird in this scene because I was like, okay, in a way it's powerful, but in another way I was like it's kind of like the trope of like, don't let her die for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of cliched a little. <laughs> yeah, um, so I kind of, I kind of felt weird in this scene, but like, it, it wasn't necessarily a bad scene, but it was just like, I, I was like, oh yeah, of course this is happening. <laughs> like, it didn't do much for me. It was there. If this scene wasn't in the show, I wouldn't have been, felt like we were missing something. And it's also like we had never seen Maria's mom, so it's not yeah. like we were like, oh, it's Maria's mom. Like, I actually for a minute had to be like, is that her mom? Like. It, I don't know. I, I, the scene was fine. It was, it was it was it was clearly meant to push Nick Fury's 
you know, emotional state further and such. Uh, but, you know, like you said, very cliched a little. And uh, yeah, it wasn't necessary. No, I, I totally agree. And like, yeah, like I said, I just I just didn't feel anything for it. Um, I don't know. Um, so next we get uh, Gravik gets named the head of the Scroll Council. Um, and we learned that, I guess, multiple kind of world leaders are on this council. Um, there's the head of NATO there. I think there's a prime minister, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yeah. Um, and a few other people which don't get named. Um, um, I, I was watching someone's uh, breakdown of the episode <laughs> and the, the guy is Asian. Um, but he was like, he was like, of course, they, they have like an Asian guy on the council and he doesn't say one line. <laughs> oh my god that's kind of true yeah he didn't it's like it's like yeah okay yeah i saw that i saw that let's let's put this asian guy here oh god uh, whatever it was um, funny. <laughs> um we also get uh a quick scene of roadie answering questions uh doing damage control uh for uh, the united states of america um i guess he's like their puppet or something <laughs> goes wherever it's needed yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess he's much closer to the president than I originally thought, right? Because yeah. um, in Iron Man three, he was like the president's protector, but then well, he's a patriot at the time, right? So it's a little different. I think in this, they're looking more That's at true. him. Like, he's not an Avenger. He's not War Machine or Iron Patriot. He's a colonel, and he, you know, he's doing his do- his duty as a military service man. I think okay. it's kind of what they were going for in this episode, and I think that might be why. If he's not a scroll, it was construed as him not being in character because he, he there were some moments in this episode where I was like, this yeah. does not feel like Rhodey. But also, yes, he is a Colonel James Rhodes here. And, you know, maybe he's putting his military task and his military duty ahead of personal feelings. But yeah, so I'm assuming he's more like a liaison for the United States here in the sense that, you know, he's a high ranking military official. Uh, because of this, you know, they're not going to have the president go to this, right? He's a busy man. Yeah, and that's, that's like, what he said, too, right? That, yeah, they're not going to send the fucking president there to answer questions just because, you know, one agent was potentially spotted in Moscow. Yeah, so it's tough. And uh, I thought in this scene, he actually did a really good job kind of, you know, damage controlling it and kind of, yeah. I, I, I don't know, I liked the way that he he was dodging things politically. And I actually thought that's this, the dialogue in the sequence was really well done for him. Uh, it was very, it was actually really, really professionally handled. I thought it was, uh, it was believable. Actually. I actually felt like it was very realistic. No, I agree. I agree. And then we get a, uh, a fantastic scene between uh, Fury and Rhodey um, in that bar uh, where they talk about their troubles of uh, being a black man and getting into a, a position of power within the United States um, and then Rhodey fires uh, Fury, and which Fury responds by telling him, you know, even when he's out, he's in. Yeah, it was such a cold line, eh? Like, yeah. I was just like, oh, that's cold. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a really great scene. Oh, I lo- that was the best scene of the episode. I actually think that's the best scene of the show so far. Like, Don Cheadle and Samuel Jackson's chemistry there was great, and there was, it, it raises questions. It also in, it enhances stakes. It almost gives you the feeling like Nick has no um, no allies, really. Yeah. You know, in this episode, you know, Rhodey, who's an, who we figured was an ally, is against him. 
uh, Talos, who is an ally, kind of causes a little bit of a rift in the relationship. Like, you know, it feels like all he's exhausting all of his outlets for allies. And I thought this was really, really well done for, for the character in this episode. After the bad ending to the last episode, like, you're still breaking this character down in this episode. And I, I really like that. Totally agree. Um, so next, uh, we get a quick scene, or not really a quick scene. I guess it's an elongated scene, we'll say, of uh, Sonia taking over uh, an investigation of uh, one of the scrolls that was captured uh, that was a part of the bombing squad uh, from uh, the end of last episode. Um, and, like, she's such a, like, silly character at times and the way she talks and all that, that, but, like, she is such a badass and so scary. <laughs> she immediately cuts the guy's fingers off. I know, like, no hesitation. I was like, oh. and it was funny in that scene is I didn't know who was good and who was bad. It was kind of initially yeah. hard to judge. But like, yeah, what? Like, she's almost got like a like a, a playful joyfulness to her. But like, yeah, like you said, like such a badass, like like down to business, uh, yeah. like ad- attitude that I thought was actually really like intimidating in that yeah. scene. She gets the job done, and you you see why she is where she is in life. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, so she obviously through the torturing uh, is able to extract some information. Um, about a, a machine that the scrolls are building. Um, and I believe he said the name of the doctor as well, if I'm not mistaken. He did. He, he mentioned the name. Yeah. Um, so uh, we get a, another couple quick scenes of the that laboratory um, that uh, Sonia just uh, found out about um, and Gaia kind of sneaking around to try to figure out what the hell is going on in this uh, lab. Um, so they are trying to... I think they're they're looking for some something, and Graphic keeps uh, giving either false information on where to find that stuff, or he doesn't actually know where it is. <laughs> um, but they're looking for some sort of product to be able to uh, complete their experiments. Um, and uh, Gaia going next to the lab, um, she uh, does a bit of research on the computer, and we find out that they are using four main ingredients, we'll say. Um, so part Groot, part Frost Beast, which, um, if uh, those who don't remember, is the I think one of the post credit scenes of Thor: The Dark World, where one of the Frost Beasts from the Jotunheim was uh, left roaming on Earth. Um, uh, Call Obsidian, which is one of Thanos' children. Um, so obviously the arm that got cut off by uh, was it Wong or was it Doctor Strange? It was Wong. It was yeah. Wong in the park next to uh, next to uh, Bruce Banner. I think Bruce Banner kicked yes, it or something. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that was in Infinity War. Yeah, um, and then uh, Extremis um, is the other one. So they're using those kind of four ingredients to do something, uh, which uh, I think we both know what that is. They're trying yeah. to make super scrolls. And it's what's going to end up happening is it's probably going to be Gravik the super scroll and. Yeah they won't be able to do it with multiple of them. The machine's going to break or something. So I'm assuming, and they're replacing the Fantastic Four's powers, which is what the usual Super Scrolls powers are with these, which is, you know, I actually think it's smart given the Fantastic Four are not currently in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And it, I think it was a good tease. Like, I think it's kind of almost like showing the depths of stake here where it's like, I have no idea how Nick Fury is going to beat the Super Scroll. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, so we'll find it. I think that's exciting. I agree. Definitely super interesting. Um, and 
yeah, I think in in this case we get uh, we get like they break out the guy who was being tortured by Sonia. Um, he gets killed. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he's obviously they they know that he's like given away information. Yeah. So, so he has to die. So he has to die. Um, and we kind of get a quick glimpse of how Gaia kind of feels about that. And I th- I feel like she's starting to kind of be unsure at least. Yeah. So I, I, I think this is almost too much for her, and you know. Uh, I think this eventually this turn is going to end up being a major plot point. So I, I think they're doing it nice gradually. Absolutely. And we end the episode with uh, Fury going up to a house um, who uh, we find out uh, he is going to meet his wife. Um, and his wife is a squirrel. Um, now, does he know? I think he does. I think he does, too. Um because but, I think she was in the she was in the opening scene in 1997. I'm pretty I sure. I thought she was as well. She was uh, the that, one that introduced him to Gravik, I'm pretty sure. I think so too. That's what I kind of understood. So I'm assuming he knows she's a squirrel. It's just it's leading that question, right? Because she turns into her human form uh, yeah, when he before he enters. But that might just be like a normal thing for them as a, as a couple. We don't know. And I, I don't think Nick Fury is the type of guy who would not be married to a squirrel. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, you know, it wouldn't really matter. He's their ally. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure. I think that's going to be one of those things that we're going to be asking ourselves until they confirm it. But, you know, uh, I thought it was a good ending to the episode, too, because, like, I think that's what kind of, like, blew up. Not blew up the Internet, because obviously the show is not that big. But, like, that was the question that was left at the end of the episode. It's like, oh, my God, Nick Fury's wife's a squirrel, you know? Yeah. I thought it was well handled. Yes, totally agree. What are your thoughts on overall on the episode? It, it was a solid episode. I, I think this episode kind of confirmed, you know, you mentioned it last week, how you feel about the show, about how it's like, it's good, but you're not like, you're not dying for Wednesdays. I think this, this episode kind of confirmed that for me as well. And it's like, eh, it's a good show, but like, I'm not like Wednesday morning. I'm not sitting there like, oh, it's Secret Invasion Day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the show is paced well. I think it's interesting. I think the mysteries are fun. I think... You know, I, I think that, you know, dealing with this kind of like almost like spy thriller stuff's fun. Uh, but for me, you know, it's just solid. Like so far, like I'm not in love with it. You know, it's not a, a must watch at this point. Like, I think this is actually one of those shows. I actually think if it wasn't for the fact that I'd see spoilers, I'd maybe wait till it was all out and watch it all back to back to back. Fair I think that, that might be a better way to watch this, to be honest. Well, our if, pal Elon might be able to help you with that. Exactly. Hero. <laughs> um, and one thing is in this episode, I... I, I I'm starting not not that I don't like him, but I, the character of Gravik just isn't really doing it for me as a villain. Okay, fair. He's just, he's just kind of there. Uh, you know, his motivation's pretty basic, like 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 simple. You know, like oh, he promised and it never happened. And it's like okay, I don't know. I'm not loving him yet. Uh, the character's not given me enough reason to care for him as a villain yet. But also, it's episode two. We've still got several to go, and uh, I think things will probably change. Uh, how about you? Fair enough. Um, I think I've li- I like this episode better than episode one. Um, like you, I think it's just a solid show. Um, it's nothing that's like completely grabbing me at this point. Um, but uh, I I feel like we we got to see a lot more of the characters and we got to spend more time with them. And this was just a better episode overall. Um, lots of really great sequences. Um, and conversations. I'll say. Um, obviously the first one between Fury and Talos, and then. Uh, another one that we've we've mentioned that was absolutely fantastic and probably the best of this uh, show uh, or this show and episode, as you mentioned, um, was that whole conversation and scene between Fury and Rhodey. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like 
it kind of did leave us on a little bit of a cliffhanger, but it's not really a cliffhanger because I don't think it's like a big question, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I agree. So like it's it's like it's like it would be a big deal, but like it's like okay, I'm pretty sure Nick knows. <laughs> and it could, just, so, could turn it into something that's not even like it's not even a great ending. Like if he just ends up knowing that she's, sure. it's just like okay, like the yeah. ending ends up just being like all right. But if he doesn't know, it actually gives us one of the cooler plots of the actual show. So you know, there's two ways that can go with it, and you know, I think it this kind of cliffhanger, like you said, it it's intensified depending on what direction they do go. For sure. Um, I think one thing that could have been super fucking cool, um, and this would have been this would have needed to be determined uh a while ago. Yes. And, and give me your thoughts on this. But um had they not had Colson in Captain Marvel. Okay, yeah. I feel it would have been super cool to reveal that one of the scrolls in the opening sequence in nineteen ninety seven turned into Colson. That would have been really, really you cool. You know what I mean? But they couldn't yeah. do that because Colson, we saw him in um fucking yeah. in, in Captain Marvel and he was an agent already and he was um human. So yeah, so um, it, yes, I agree. Like I think it would have been made a made, yeah. it would have been a cool callback to the rest of the But that said, they could have revealed someone else and I feel like that would have been like such a cool moment. Like if they had revealed like one of the scrolls turn into like one of fucking like one of Nick's agents or something like that. Like, yeah. Like or even if Maria Hill would have turned into a scroll at the end of last episode and we find out she was a scroll, um, you know, like, like, yeah, I think it would have uh, been really cool. Yeah. Like you reveal that one of the scrolls turned into Maria Hill and Maria Hill was his confidant this whole time uh, being a scroll. <laughs> like yes. a reveal like that you know what i mean that would have been kind of cool but like the, like none of the humans were recognizable and so um it was kind of uh it was just it was, like all right like, like oh okay <laughs> it was like the squirrel's cool like it didn't feel like you know like it was mcu dependent you know what i mean like it, it didn't feel like it was affecting the rest of the world yeah no um, i that's that's what i'm trying to get to like it just it like it could have been something but they just decided to decided not to do yeah. nothing with it. it it kind of is what it is um do you think that rody is still a scroll i do i do as well um i i was looking for the limp again there was no limp at all now that could be literally he healed. The, he, he healed. was he got yeah. you know technologically healed through yeah. you know, advanced sciences over the years or yes he is a squirrel and the real roadie has a limp so i don't think the limp is what's giving away i actually thought it was more of his personality traits there's little things there that i just was like i can't tell if this is something roadie would do or you know because i mentioned earlier in, in the review that you know he is a colonel and he is a soldier slash military man in this sequence with nick do I believe that that Rhodey would have fucked over Nick like that? Is my question to you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that character would have done that to Nick Fury? Like we, I feel like we haven't seen enough interactions between the two. That's the issue I'm running to into. know, right? I mean, that's where it's like it's like if I if like they had like 20 interactions over the course of the yes, MCU, it would be much more obvious. Like, you'd be able to tell a lot more, but but in this case, like I don't really know what their history is, how they uh, typically interact together. Um, so I, I don't really know. Like, It's just I, the character of Rhodey to me. Yeah. Like, There were several sequences, though, like that he is shown almost to be like putting military ahead of friends slash 
allies like in mm-hmm. iron man 2 for example but he, he had, did that he did that in iron man 2 like you're saying yeah right? he stole the iron man suit and he brought it to the military so like yeah. there's a few different things it's like would he do that but like there was he was a little bit too cold in this episode i found he was very cold toward nick almost yeah. no sympathy uh, you know like not even letting not even hearing him out you know and i thought that was very intriguing uh i thought you know that character like as an avenger you would think he'd be more willing to hear him out but it's, it's just really tough because if this was just roadie uh i would also believe it and i'd just be like well you know that's that's what it is so i'm very i'm very in the middle uh is there a specific reason you think he's a scroll or is that just you just you know guessing yeah no i it's just a guess at this point i just feel like that's one of the like considering he's one of the main or one of the named actors right he has his name on the opening credits yes um and he's one of the big i guess mcu characters like he's been there since iron man one exactly Um, so i feel like that kind of it just makes sense um but as as i mentioned last week like i hope there's another one i hope there's another one on top of that because i feel like uh, i like i don't want the show to let me down (laughs) you know what i mean well it it feels like it might though like you know what i mean like so far they haven't been like i I feel like the threat is big like you like like early in the episode they're like oh there's a million of them but like at this point, it's like worrying me that this show is going to feel like the stakes were like globally a like global yep. threat, but the episode is going to the like show is going to end feeling like it was just a threat to Nick. Yeah, and, and I it, feel like that this episode and this show used one of the best excuses I think we've ever heard for why they're not calling in the Avengers. I um, love. I agree. I love that excuse. It was one of uh, the best excuses because they're always so fucking stupid. It's like, it's like, oh, Spider-Man, the world is ending. But Doctor Strange is down the street and he's doing nothing about it. No, it's true. And it's like, there's no reasonable explanation for a lot of this stuff. And at least this one, like, Rhodey brought up a really good point. You know what I mean? So it's like, was it Rhodey or Nick that brought up the point? Uh, It was Nick. Yeah, he obviously said, like, what if, you know, they call the Avengers and then they take over the identity of the Avengers and then the most powerful people in the Earth on, on Earth are now scrolls. Are scrolls. No, and that makes perfect sense. So, so that also does it, it, it ups the stakes, right? So that's why the show better, like not better. At least I'm not going to threaten them, you know. But I, I really hope they deliver they better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really just hope they deliver on, on on the level of threat here because this is this could end up being a total waste of time if they don't do it properly. For sure. Genuinely. And, and I feel like what's going to happen is they're essentially, they're just going to switch over leadership within the scroll group because like not all the scrolls want this. <laughs> no. And, and that um, was very clear from even like yeah. looking at Gaia, like Gaia is clearly already like, Oof, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it totally makes sense how they can't find a, a home. Like, like if they got like screwed out of their own home planet, like yeah. they are shapeshifters who would accept them. It's true. It, it, it's, 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 it's a, a it's sad, but it's really. true. Yes. And like, there's a reason, like, I loved the, the speech from Nick about how, you know, humans can't even coexist. So how do you expect humans to coexist with the scrolls? Yeah. Uh, I, thought, I thought that was awesome. And you, you bring it up a good point. Like it, it's a sad reality, but it makes perfect sense. Um, do you like Gravik as a villain? I think he's fine. Like I haven't really, like there hasn't been anything for me to really grab onto him for anything. You know uh, what I mean? Like yes, to, to exactly. care about his cause or anything like that. Um, he's not bad. Like I, earlier when I mentioned, I'm not a big fan. I, I I did not mean he's a terrible villain. That is not yeah. where I was going. I, you're wording it perfectly. I just don't really care. Yeah. And I probably won't. 
if they don't write it the way, you know, a different way. Because if they go the pace they're going, it's going to be more like a pouty child. Yeah, we need to learn a little bit more about him. And hopefully yes. we do get that. But I like I'm not sure if we will. I agree. So, you know, hopefully, you know, because like I said, like right now, his they explained his reasoning in this episode. And it's it's decently reasonable, but it's more like just somebody having a tantrum. Like, hey, he promised we'd, we'd have a home here. It's like, yeah. you know how much shit has happened since he promised that? Like, we've had yeah. like global threats over and over. We've had universal threats. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, uh, you know, and it happens. Like, he made a promise, but, like, he's only one man, right? But, you know, I can see it from his point of view being upset. So, it is what it is, I guess. For sure. Um, so, as you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, the Super Scrolls in the show are obviously different from the comics. Um, so, in the comics, they mostly take from the Fantastic Four powers, right? Yes. Um, and, obviously, the MCU hasn't introduced the Fantastic Four yet. So, um I I like the way they've gone with this, uh, with the Groot, the Frost Beast, yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, Call Obsidian, and the Extremis. Um, they all are kind of, in a way, somewhat similar to, I guess we could say, <laughs> the fan- four Stop. Fantastic Four members yeah, in a certain way. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like the way they've done this. I, I think it was it was creative problem solving. Um, and you know the fact that like Groot, for example, like people were like, "Oh my god!" Like because it's Groot, right? He's a character that people love. Yeah, I think it adds a little bit of a of, a, of an excitement factor, right, to a character uh, like the Super Scroll or Scrollza rather, that isn't necessarily going to be like the most eye grabbing character. So yeah. I think I think it's exciting. I, I'm still genuinely curious how they're going to beat him if they have to. Like I don't, I can't see Nick Fury winning a fight against this. Yeah, so... is there more than one in the comics? Or is there only one Super Scroll? I'm fairly certain there. It's, it depends on the comic, maybe. In my head, there's one. Okay. So, so that's that's. I don't quite remember. I've never read that comic book. It's me. It's more based off of like things I've I've read or or heard through the years about this character. Okay, but there are multiple scrolls with powers. There should be yes. Okay, it's but just, but there's only there's scroll. only one Super Scroll. I think it's one guy. Okay. But, I'm not sure if there's multiple of them. Like I, there's like it's gonna have be one of those situations where it's gonna be like they better write the fuck out of this finale because I'll have no belief in them beating multiple of them. Like I could see maybe Nick with like a proper plan, maybe beating one, maybe like maybe okay. War Machine's gonna help him. Like you never know, right? There's there's so many things that can happen here. But like I think this is gonna have to be written really well for me to be like realistically believe he could beat this person. So. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, I think a lot's hinging on this ep- on this show ending on a high note for me to be like really appreciative of what we got. <laughs> yeah, and I think episodes one and two, like we've said, like I think they've been solid, and oh, they I, haven't I, been they haven't been bad. They've been no. solid to good, but you know, just nothing outstanding so far. And if it doesn't end on a high note, I, I feel like these solid to good episodes just become okay because yeah. they're they're not paying off. Yeah, it just becomes an average show. <laughs> yeah, like, I want things to pay off, and this is the type of show where you need a payoff. And you know, I, I kind of have faith. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, get disheartened yet. Uh, sure. I do find, I do find it quite slow though, and I think that's one thing that's kind of hurting the show. Like, it's, it's just very, very slow, and it, I think it's more of a show meant for adults. It, yeah. It's like, a, like a, I feel like there's like a little bit. It's not a superhero show. It's kind of what I'm getting to at this in that uh, in that explanation. It doesn't feel like a superhero show. Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's kind of a slow burn. It really um, And I guess uh, next episode, we're going to kind of find out what happens with, uh, um, like, will Fury find the motivation to uh, 
do what he needs to do. Like, do, will we find out more about him and his wife? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, that's the hope. Um, like, I, I want to know about the wife mostly. And I also do want to know, like, how he's going to kick back and bounce back and become Nick Fury again, you know? Did anyone else know about his wife, too? Like, that'd be kind of interesting to know. Like, did yeah. Talos know? Did... Yeah, is, she, is like that his friend? Like, maybe she's she's good friends with Talos and maybe Nick just fell in love or, you know. Yeah. I think if we do find out next week he doesn't know that she's a squirrel, I think that's going to be like, oh my God, you know, like one of those yeah. things where it plays a big part in the show. Yeah, no, that'd be fucking crazy. That would. I I don't think they'll do that though. But I I feel he I feel like he knows. Like he's yeah. Nick, he's Nick fucking Fury. Like come on. Exactly. He definitely. Knows. <laughs> um and uh, as as I mentioned a little bit, it kind of seems like Gaia is starting to have some doubts um about all this stuff. Um, she's obviously starting to snoop around um the facilities and all that, and um intrigued about uh what they're doing. Um, I feel like Gaia will probably want be one of the scrolls that gets powers. I think she will probably get powers uh, if they're going to do yeah. it that way. I, I feel like she's going to become one of those relevant characters who, like, when you think of the scrolls, you're going to think of her immediately. Like, or, I, right now, it's like when I hear scroll, I think of Ka- uh, Talos right away. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, we're going to end up at a point where it's going to be like Talos, Gravik, and Gaia, who you think of when you think of scrolls. So, yeah. yeah. What do you think is going to happen with Talos? Because Talos is really at a point where he has like no one at this point his wife's dead yeah. his daughter they don't they don't talk and him and fury just had a fight i think you know it might be one of those situations where he does something negative towards nick to try and save gaia and it's gonna be like oh like mm. he sacrificed himself for his daughter but he also kind of screwed over nick a little but i'm not 100 certain they kind of didn't really tease a direction here so that's just me spitballing okay any other thoughts on uh, this episode or maybe what's going to happen next episode? Honestly, not really. It's really, really, really hard to tell what's next. I, I think with the show, like they didn't really like all we know is the next episode. We're probably going to see Nick and his wife. Like that's literally all they we, we could probably bank on. So, you yeah, know, I'm assuming we're going to start there and then he'll go oh, from there. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it because I am curious what's going to happen next. It's more of like a curiosity thing rather than a like legitimate excitement uh for me at least but you know i liked the episode like i'm not gonna not gonna discredit it it was a good episode and it was like you said better than the first one yep no i totally agree um you good with me wrapping it here yeah that's perfect all right so that brings us to the end of this episode of the movie multiverse podcast next week steven and i will hopefully have a review for the witcher season three part one um and we will obviously review uh, episode three a secret invasion so thanks for listening and have a good week everyone That'll do it for this episode of the Movie Multiverse Podcast. If you like this episode, feel free to leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. You can also follow us on Twitter at Movie Multipod. You can follow Steven at Your Uncle Steven. And you can follow me at Gab underscore Chartier. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.